welcome to This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Now is your chance to get caught up in all that's happening in technology around Akron and the rest of the world. Now here's your host, Gene Destro. This week, the latest on electric vehicles from frequent CBS News contributor and WWJ Radio Detroit automotive correspondent Jeff Gilbert. We talked about three big topics of interest for people who either already own an electric vehicle or who are thinking about buying one. This after several reports making headlines this week. One was a story about how car makers are concerned about proposed legislation being considered by Congress right now, which is designed to encourage consumers to switch from fossil fuel-powered cars in part by giving them tax breaks. In addition, many consumers who already own electric vehicles are concerned about being able to either find chargers when they're out on the road, or if they do manage to find one, how to make sure it actually works. But first, we talked about a new report from an organization that does crash tests on behalf of the insurance industry. Obviously, they've got a stake in making sure cars are really safe because... Fewer crashes and injuries mean fewer claims. In their latest report, Jeff says the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety gave three mid-sized cars, the Toyota Camry, Chevy Malibu, and Nissan Altima, poor ratings for how they hold up inside crashes. Here's what he says they recommend. They would want the sides of the vehicles to be strengthened and not so much the airbags improved per se, but lined up better. They said there were some cases where the side airbag, the test dummy actually missed the airbag and, and hit the side of the vehicle. So those are the things they're looking for. And historically, the auto industry has listened to these tests and has found ways to improve vehicles going forward. So you're likely to see some changes going forward to make vehicles safer. But again, I have to stress that this does not mean these vehicles are inherently unsafe. It, it, it's a way to push and push and push car makers to make them even safer. Is it because cars today are heavier and are going faster? Exactly, because they're constantly upgrading these tests to reflect real-world conditions. Not only are cars going faster, but we have more larger trucks. Pickup trucks have been very popular, larger SUVs on the road, and they're bigger, so they're going to hit up higher, hit with a little more force. So the, the world is changing, the mix of vehicles on the road is changing, and, and again, they're just pushing to, uh, to, to make vehicles safer than they already are today. Excellent. So now let's move on to this proposed climate bill. I've heard that car makers are concerned about it because people who want to get electric vehicles can only get a tax credit under this new bill if the car maker that produced the vehicle did so with supply chains that weren't just confined to China. And so far, a lot of the car makers haven't really shifted their supply chains. What have you heard about that? Yeah, here, here, here's what's happening with the tax credits. It was an earlier tax credit plan that allowed tax credits roughly for the first 200,000 electric vehicles that car makers sold. Many car makers, GM and Tesla, have run out of those credits. Toyota's close, Ford is close. So, so those, those credits are slowly going away. Car makers would like to see that extended. Congress has been debating a number of different proposals. Uh, there was one in the president's Build Back Better plan 
that, uh, you know, obviously that plan stalled. So now there's a newer plan that I believe they're calling the Inflation Reduction Plan. But uh, what, what this particular one calls for is a $7,500 credit. But there are a lot of strings attached, including where the materials that go into an EV battery come from, how expensive the EV is, how much the buyer makes in terms of income, where carmakers are starting to get worried that fewer and fewer people who would buy EVs would qualify for this tax credit, so it won't give them, them as much help as they would like. In the area you're talking about is sourcing of raw materials, and most of the carmakers are trying to find more and more domestic sources for these raw, raw materials, but it takes time. Obviously, you don't open a lithium mine overnight. So there's a lot of work being done to source those in the U.S., but it will be several years before it actually happens. And some of the car makers are saying, we need the tax credit. Now we can't wait several years until we're able to resource our supplies. I got it. So then, obviously, another issue for people who want to buy EVs besides the cost, which could be defrayed slightly with a tax credit, is then the reliability of being able to find working charging stations when they're out and about driving. Let's say they're going on a trip out of town, et cetera, and they're going to be away from their home charging in the garage. They're out on the road, and now they're worried about, one, finding charging stations and two, finding ones that are actually working. And that's a big issue. It's one that I actually experienced not so long ago when I was test driving a, a car maker's electric vehicle, and that particular car maker didn't supply it with a plug to recharge at home, so I had to find public chargers. And at one point, I went to a place that I was depending on, and nothing was working. So I can see the frustration, and you hear this from people who have taken trips with EVs. That's the number one complaint. Uh, either A, the charger is not working, or B, it's in a parking lot where somebody who doesn't have an electric vehicle has decided to park in that spot, so it's not accessible. So car companies are working with charging companies on that. That's one of the areas that is, is difficult because if you fill up with gasoline, you're at a gas station, and there's an attendant there who knows whether the pump's working or not. Uh, chargers are often, you know, kind of out on their own, and there's no attendant. It's all done by app or credit card. So it, it's a difficult situation. But uh, I'll give you one way that, that people are trying to work with it. GM signed a deal with Pilot. They own Pilot and Flying J truck stops to put fast chargers into all of their truck stops. So that's an area where people can go get a meal because the truck stops have restaurants. Some of them even have amenities for truckers like showers that maybe somebody who's recharging an electric vehicle could use. So to me, that's one of the brightest recharging ideas that, that I've heard in a while. But still, I would be a little little nervous about taking a long trip with, with an electric vehicle. People have done it, uh, but it takes a lot of planning. So your best advice then, you mentioned about how you have an EV and it didn't come with an extra plug or a charging um, cord that you could use outside of your home. So then would you recommend that people go ahead and buy one of those and maybe an extension even for it if somebody's parked in the wrong parking space at the charging place? Well, well, okay, a couple of things there. First, I test drive a lot of vehicles, so this wasn't my EV. It was 
loaned to me by a company that uh, that supplies test drive vehicles. And uh, the EVs, most of them come with a cable that you can plug into a wall socket and recharge. It's very slow because your wall socket's only 110 volts, but it, at least it does the job. Uh, I would suggest anybody who purchases an EV either get a 240-volt socket put into their garage or get a level 2 charger put in their garage because that makes that makes a huge difference and you can pretty much recharge most of these vehicles overnight with that kind of charging system. Uh, totally different from on the road where you have a, a myriad of chargers from level 1, which is slow, to level 2, which is you know, acceptable to fast charging, which can often get you up to 80% in a half an hour. I see. And then is there a special kind of cord you could, say, buy that if you were like a little farther away from the charging station than you wanted to be, that you could just like and like an extension cord you would use at home? I, I am not an electrician, so I cannot vouch for this, but every EV charging cable that I've says don't use an extension cord with it. Oh, uh, and okay. Not being an electrician, I cannot tell you what the hazard is, but they always put that warning on there. Possibly uh, an extension cord could heat up or cause other problems. So they they advise customers not to use extension cords. Okay. So, you know, if, you're, if, if somebody's parked in that parking space, then you're just kind of out of luck until you can find one that you can get right into then. Exactly. And those are not like plugging into the wall. Those have actual, you know, charging plugs that plug right into your car. So, yeah, it, it, it's it, it's like somebody was parking in front of a gasoline pump. The, the, the hose on that only reaches so far, the cord only reaches so far. Same kind of thing. That was CBS News contributor and WWJ Radio Detroit automotive correspondent Jeff Gilbert. And that's it for now. Stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you again next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news on 93.5-1590-WAKR and WAKR.net. <laughs>